Blog Talk Radio. Aloha. Welcome to Talking Pictures. Happy Thursday. I'm here in freezing South Carolina. I love doing shows from the road. Uh, today we're going to talk about this great film I saw in Gold Star. It was the final performance of Robert Vaughn, who goes back to Dragnet, Gunsmoke. Uh, gosh, he had an Oscar nomination for the Young Philadelphians uh, with Paul Newman. Of course, 1958, that was Newman's, I don't mean to say Newman's booming year, but he actually made five films from The Terrace, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, all those ones that people know that aren't film nuts. Uh, Robert Vaughn was in The Magnificent Seven, Bullet, uh, that means, again, uh, Towering Inferno. Uh, this is not about Robert Vaughn. Sorry, I said Robert Newman. This is about Victoria Negri. Negri, I hope I didn't pronounce that wrong. We'll get her to correct it when she calls in, if I pronounced it wrong. This film is on Amazon Prime. It's called Gold Star, and it's gonna. It's playing in New York. I, I'm pretty. I believe it closes out today, and then it's gonna be heading on to Hollywood Land, North Hollywood. Again, not Hollywood, North Hollywood. Which, if you live there, there's a difference, but it's really just a little hill. Um, and I'm jazzed because this film is her directorial debut. And then you add in, she's acting with this actor that has definitely been around longer than she's been alive, been around almost twice as long as I've been alive. And I'm not that much older than the guest, and we won't get into that. Uh, and then also wrote the script. It's personal. We'll let her talk about that and how personal she wants to go. And then was directing it. And it's a pain just to direct a film. It's a hassle just to write a film. Uh, starring in a film, I, I don't think I could star in a one-minute commercial. I'd probably get fired for making it go over schedule. So I always admire artists like this. That is the coolest thing about the show is that every form of artist uh, comes through. Uh, I mean, filmmaker-wise, director, producer, production designer, and it's always interesting to hear their take. So, of course, uh, the film cried out. Uh, it was just so poignant and it was so touching and it gave a real perspective to life in general. And it was a really great character piece. I, I'm i kind of a nut for a, for a film that's a character piece. Um that really gets in there and looks at kind of what's going on under the layers. So well, the director is calling in. We'll bring her in. Let's see. Welcome. Uh, are you with Victoria. us? Yeah. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Uh, I'm always on cloud nine when I'm on air. So it's a beautiful nice. day. <laughs> Awesome. So, yes, uh, jumping right into this, just quickly, uh, congratulations on uh, New York, and uh, we hope LA goes well. And um, thank you. Also, and also, awesome to see you on Amazon Prime. Uh, so, with that, going to be a little bit random because we like to not go A, B, C, D Please, here. Yeah. But, uh, Sounds good. Yeah. So, so um, keep me on my toes. Keep me, keep me on my yeah. toes. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I'll get there one day, but I'm not, I'm not Larry King. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
so I had just kind of explained what I thought of the film. So uh, I'll, I'll just read the log line real quick and then we can kind of jump from there. Uh, the Vicky, a young musician, sorry, a young music school dropout struggles to make sense of her aimless life while caring for her 90 year old father. What would you like to add to that? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, the the only other detail I would add was that um, he suffered from a stroke and he's left, uh, you know, speechless. Uh, he can't he can't speak. Um, so she's caring for somebody who's extremely, um, you know, he's he's struggling a lot. And uh, the film is really about, you know, grief and coming to terms with loss before you've actually fully lost somebody. And uh, the what I was wondering was another, the thing for that was there's there's obviously the challenge I told the audience of writing and producing and directing. There's just I think there's I think it's just a challenge to do one of them. So what was it like? And I don't and I'm not making and this acting. about Robert. I don't know if he's an yes, actor. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And <laughs> acting because I was just about yeah. to say I'm not ma- I'm not making this about Robert Vaughn, but it's interesting. If I mean, what what was going on in your brain to say for my first time directing, I'm going to grab someone who could do the dance with Paul Newman since 1958? Yeah, I mean, How, I never like I, you know. Oh, oh, interesting. Okay. I like that. Interesting. I, I never thought he, he would do it. Um, so I, I initially, like, early on, before we hired a casting director, I was I was interviewing non-actors, actually. I was thinking of going the Sean, the Sean Baker route and uh, doing a kind of, like, I had just watched Starlet, actually, which I really loved, um, which had a, a much older non-actor in the film, and I was really inspired by that. Um, so I started to interview non-actors, I, I would literally just go to retirement homes with my camera and, and put people on camera and speak with them. And um, it was a great experience, but ultimately um, it was something that it, it didn't feel right for me at the end of the day. Um, being a first-time director, I, I wanted to work with an actor with tons of experience. So I hired um, Judy Bowman, a casting director in New York, and together we came up with a list of actors that we thought could be right for the role and might do it. And, um, you know, obviously I know who Robert Vaughn is. Any um, cinema fan knows his work. He's a legend. And she brought his name up up, and I was like, I don't know if he'll do it, but yeah, sure. Obviously I'd love to work with him. And she sent his manager the script and Robert read it. And within a week he said, yes. So it was just like, I never thought he would do it. Um, so he, it, he didn't even initially occur to me early on. Um, but when Judy, you know, said, I heard he's amazing to work with, I think he would do this. I was obviously a hundred percent game, but you know, it was terrifying. It was my first film and he had 60 plus years of acting experience uh, and working with amazing directors and, and legends. So, you know, it was a bit intimidating at first, but, all of that melted away once I saw how um, kind and generous he was. That's, I I really like that. Um, Now, did you have a specific challenge uh, in separating personal actor 
uh, producer, writer, director. Uh, I know a lot of filmmakers I've had on, I've asked this question and it comes down to, oh, I, you know, my producer can watch a take. My AD has this, but mm-hmm. really under the skin, what, what is the greatest challenge of stepping in there and you're having to like, know you got the beat and, you know, is there something you'd like to share about that, about being yeah. so involved and so attached? It's not like you're, it's not like you're writing, producing and directing ads for an advertising agency. So what was that like right. for you? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's difficult. It's impossible to do it all at once. You can't, I mean, you're, you're wearing every single hat and um, it's really just trusting your gut instincts and trusting the people around you. I mean, your other guests that have said those things are are completely right. Um, And it's ballsy, you know, like to say, Hey, I'm going to do all of these things. And we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, yes, it's, yes. <laughs> it's, it's terrifying. Um, and I, I felt like because this film is obviously, it comes from a very personal place, I kind of had to wear all of those hats because I understood the story to such a deeper level than anyone else would. But I was surrounded by people like my cinematographer, who I completely trusted, um, you know, with the visuals and um, we worked together uh, on the pre-production side of things for over a year, talking about other films, locking in the the shots, um, doing location scout. Um, So I would say it's, it's really difficult. It's, you can't do everything at once. You can't. So it's hiring people that can help you ease that burden and, um, yeah, it, and it's exhausting. I mean, you have to you have to really have endurance because while everyone else is eating lunch, you're doing something else. Maybe standing up. Yeah, on a yeah. on a low budget film, um, you know, maybe shoving some pasta in your mouth while you're standing up, like setting up a next shot. Uh, it's it's really crazy. I mean, you have to really want to do all of those things. So yeah, I would say I didn't sit much. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I mean, the, there's a term, we'll and sleep. I'm not being caught. Not much sleeping. Well, you're not supposed to sleep. We're, you know, you're a filmmaker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, that saying you're sleeping. If we could come back, I bet your filmmaker, some some crazy filmmaker would kill himself just to come back and make a film about if you actually sleep when you're dead. Um, uh, I So with this, the, the, the main thing, and this is kind of, I'm not being condescending, but to the audience, there's, if you don't know, uh, when you're directing a film, whatever, it's called Making Your Day. Uh, mm-hmm. And like you had said, you went to other actors and you had thought it like, what was the process when you said, okay, this has to go into SAG, which we're not knocking SAG, but they have so many rules. It's like, if I don't, I'm not going to ask you the business side, but SAG is the kind of thing where if like an actor is like 30 seconds over what the day was supposed to be, then the production loses, could lose like a quarter of its budget in some cases. So what yeah, was it like? Costing you a lot more. Yeah. So what was it like? 
and again, we're not knocking SAG, but just some stuff is ridiculous, and I'm not afraid to say that. Um, so <laughs> what is how what is that like? Because I know most first-time film directors don't add that pressure on. So what what was that like for you as a first-time film director where you didn't have that your friends could say, okay, well, you know what, we'll stay two hours later, or the, the right. usual indie feature debut? Well, I would say the benefit for me, why I didn't have to worry about it that much was because I'm not SAG and I'm in every scene, but one. So when we had to go long days, I didn't care how long I shot for, I cared about the crew. So I didn't want the crew to go over on long hours for them, but for me, it was completely fine. Um, I would say to any first time filmmaker, hire the best first assistant director you can. I was never stressed about it, actually. I have zero worries about our schedule and going over and it costing us money because I worked with the best um, AD ever. Um, We never went over on any day, and we wrapped the entire shoot two hours early. So um, it was an amazing set to be on because if one thing fell through, he would immediately say, okay, let's do this. Let's move outside. It's raining. Okay. Let's shoot this scene. And said there were, there was zero hesitation. If an actor missed a train and had to get on a later train, we would shoot something else. And, and it was just problem solving, problem solving, problem solving so that we could make the day, like you said, and, um, you know, not have my already low budget film end up costing me even more, but yeah hire an amazing assistant director. Um, well, the first AD is, as you know, is the most important, well, for the audience is, I think is the most important, as you said, is the most one of the most important jobs, if not the most important job in terms of the logistics scheduling. Uh, yeah. And so people know out there, because there's people that listen to this for educational purposes, a first assistant director is not a way to become a director. It's not an assistant to helping the directors and the director teaches you. It is a painstaking, grueling job where you have to know everybody who's on set, why they're there, when they're leaving, how they got there, if they got home. It's just, I've worked on some big sets. I don't even know how anybody would want to do that job. It's a difficult job. I did it a few times and it's not for me. You have to be um, extremely firm but also kind because you have to, you're the one who's setting the mood really. Um, You can't panic people about running over. You have to calmly solve problems. You have to really be a confident uh, taskmaster essentially. And um, yeah, it's, I really admire a good first AD is um, you got to keep those people close to you and not lose them <laughs> because they are few and far between for sure. Yeah. And if really people uh, last thing on this AD thing in just one sentence is a lot of directors um, have had the same first AD for, uh, you know, 10 or 15 films. So it really mm. shows the importance. Um, so was there a, on, on the filmmaker level, we all get lessons no matter how long we're making films. Uh, what was something that you felt like you sat down and you were like, 
there's no way I would have learned this about filmmaking or life had I not made this film. Like, this lesson probably wouldn't have come to me had XYZ not happened. Oh, man, that's such a good question. Um, I think just that I, I'm capable of doing, if I say I can do something, I can actually do it. Um, I, I had never made a film. I just kind of, you know, I, I had acted in a lot of films. I produced a lot of films. Um, but I'd never directed and I was just kind of crazy enough to say, I'm going to do this and I think it can be good. And I did it. it took a while, but I did it. So I think for me, I really learned that, um, the power of hard work and perseverance, um, it, for me, it's, uh, it paid off and, you can do anything you set your mind to within reason, you know, I can't say, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to like, you know, fly. It's a realist, realistic, um, expectations, but you know, why not shoot for the moon and do it? Um, and yeah, I, I, I keep thinking back, like it's been a really wonderful week since the film opened last Friday. And, um, yeah, I think back to when I had so many doubts, but, you know, despite all of those doubts, still kept working hard on it. And, yeah, I learned that I can do it. And I'd say to other people listening, um, yeah, you can certainly do it, too. It's just a lot of work. Yeah, that's, you know, I and sometimes I tell people, uh, you know, just be happy you finished your film. <laughs> yeah, there's that's so a, many. A, you that's know. a victory. Yes, that. No, I, I. That's. I mean, yeah, victory win. I say, you know, not only because we both know there's so many bullshitters in the in the industry that just blah blah yeah. blah blah blah, but th- there's that. But then there's just also, I mean, like I was telling you, it's like I have four movies on Amazon Prime, and y- you would have to pay me a large sum of money to hear the titles. I'm, and I'm just proud of finishing them, you know? So that's why it's like, I can say it is incredibly hard work to make bad movies. So mm. that is why, like with our show, I say we're, we're all filmmakers on my team. We're filmmakers that review films. We're not critics because we're not going to go right. out there and say how you should have had a better structure and, Oh, you did this. Uh, okay. Something that really hit me, you said it, it's not a spoiler, that Robert Vaughn has had a stroke and is silent. How do you direct silence? I would say it's just having a lot of conversations with him in advance uh, of each scene about um, what he would say if he could speak. And then, um, you know, letting him play with that. I mean... Like I said, 60 years plus of acting experience, um, all you have to know is intention. And then the frustration of the physical ailment adds another level uh, to the performance. And then just playing around with it. I let the cameras roll for a really long time, sometimes uh, just on Robert, uh, to get a lot of different reactions and uh he gave me something different every single take it was so much fun 
editing him um, because it, it was just such a, a varied performance. And he really, uh, it's funny to say how much freedom he had in, you know, being restricted without words. Um, but he did Actors so much. dream, no lines to memorize. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But he actually left, he left behind his script um, that he was taking notes in, in my mom's house where we shot in Connecticut. And he had a lot of notes about, um, you know, subtext and what he, his character would be thinking and stuff. Um, so it's still work. Uh, but it's also just this relaxed confidence that um, he knew that he could deliver something really interesting and really wanted that challenge. And he trusted me too. So that was just really um, a wonderful experience. But yeah, I was shocked. I thought that having a, a role like that would be challenging to, to get an actor to say yes, because there were no lines, but it actually turned out to be quite the opposite. He said to me, um, you know, I've always played men with these powerful voices um, and I've never had the chance to do something like this. So uh, yeah, it was, uh, I got lucky. I got very lucky that he wanted that challenge. That's fantastic. Well, and last one or two questions. Uh, why don't you tell us? Well, first of all, the film is for Amazon Prime. We want you guys to check yeah. it out. But if you're in Los Angeles, we don't want you to check it out because you have a chance to see it in another way. Tell, tell us about and tomorrow. I'll be there. Yeah, so I and will you'll... be in L- the, the film shows in L.A. on Monday, November 20th at 730 at the Lemley NoHo. So I will be there with um, actress Anna Garduño, who plays Maria. And um, the Film Fatales are sponsoring the screening, so there will be a lot of women in film. Um, my friend, fellow filmmaker, Lee Liu, is hosting our Q&A. Leah Meyerhoff is doing an introduction. So it's going to be a really good night. And, um, yeah, please come out. Uh, I'd, I'd love to meet a lot of L.A. folks. I haven't been there in a while. Everyone, and Paul, uh, you won't be there. What, <laughs> yes, I won't be there. You Very know, sad. I, I can, I cannot count how many times uh, with these Lemleys that uh, a filmmaker has mentioned or invited, or and it's always while I'm out of town. I am like yeah. on this quest <laughs> with the show. My intention, I'm, I'm like, I like what you said. I believe everything is intention. Um, and I'm just like, okay, one day I'll get invited and I'll be in town. So I, it, it maybe in <laughs> yeah. a year, maybe in two years. It'll um, happen. Please, please support the film Fatels. Of course, we've I think we've had 15 or 20 of them on. Uh, Lee is awesome. She's done a few episodes with us. So go out and have a great time. And the thing that I've never gotten to do that I just want to tell the audience that makes these screening specials is because the film Fatels is a group where you know, all the filmmakers support each other. So, you know, God forbid men do that. And uh, so you're going to get a bunch of creativity in the room. You're going to get a bunch of people who actually just love film. They're not there to try to outdo each other, take from each other, all that stuff. So please check out this movie and enjoy the atmosphere. Um, let's see. Last question as we have our final just four minutes or five minutes or so. Uh, I would love to know as a filmmaker, even though you've just come off of this crazy experience and shooting for the moon. Um, if if you're, you're, you have the scripts there, the budget's there, everything's there, 
what is your dream genre to direct? Oh, dream genre. I don't know that I have a, a dream genre. I think I just, um, I really like telling stories about deeply flawed people, um, people that maybe wouldn't even be the protagonist in a, in a more normal Hollywood film, people that are, you know, challenge how likable an audience perceives them. Um, I really, I really am fascinated by tortured souls and um, people that are struggling in a very open way. So I don't know that that's necessarily a genre, but um, I really like people that are films about people that are really messed up. (laughs) Well, I I, keep keep telling films that, yeah. That, well, that I was like something that I happy all the time. I, I kind of want to make. No, uh, yes. I, I kind of like when characters are miserable a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is I I really that's what I appreciated about your film because you you nailed so many just small nuances and I know that's in the writing but um, I personally like flawed characters and uh, like one of my favorite movies is Sideways and it's like. Yeah. I like when it's flawed or I like when it's self-induced flawed when like, it's right. like when his friends like people. telling him, dude, yeah. When it's like, dude, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, why are you not talking to this girl? And that's just because like when I was in my twenties, I had that friend who was always like, dude, she's looking at you. Go talk to her. Oh, she doesn't like me. So flaws are flaws and we all have them. And that's what I love about flawed characters as well. Um, the last question on that's uh, here before we just re-promote and have you mention social media. Uh, so it's just the opposite question. Uh, mm. Even though you've said you're not specific genre or flawed characters, you know, let's say you haven't eaten in a week, they're going to repossess your car, <laughs> they're going to turn off the lights. What's a movie? No way in heck you're going to do. You'll just... There's no way you're putting name on it, even though the script's good and all the elements are there. Um, oh, even if the script is good? Yes. Huh. Man, I don't I'm know. I'm always interested in I what think... filmmakers won't do because I always hear about what filmmakers do do or want to do. Yeah, I think that's such a difficult question because if the script is good, I think I would consider it no matter what. Um I think maybe if it's, but that's difficult because I think gratuitous violence I'm not, I'm not interested in, but if the script is good and, and justifies the violence, uh, then maybe like if it's something like a a film about a war or a tragic event. Um, Yeah. I think I'm not interested in anything that's like torture porn kind of films or I love horror, but um Things that films that are, um, you know, violent with no uh, justification or you know any anything deeper than that. But if the script is good, then I I think that it, it would be deeper than that, and maybe I would be interested. So I think your question is tricky because uh, it's hard to make a it's really difficult to make a bad script into a good movie. But if you have a good script, then maybe maybe I would be interested in doing something that I normally wouldn't because it might draw me in and pique my interest. But um, yeah, that's such a difficult question. But yeah, in general, I think um, anything that's just uh, gory for the sake of 
being gory. Um, I tend to like more subtle films rather than um, disgusting, brutal, like the Saw franchise and stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not so. I'm more into psycho. I'm more into psychological psychological horror than um, body parts flying across the room. But it could be funny, okay. like if it's a horror comedy. I don't know. I'm rambling. I think what I'm saying is no, 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 no. A good... I, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing because this question is about to die a slow death because every <laughs> single filmmaker says torture porn they wouldn't do, or they wouldn't do really? porn. Yeah. Or yeah. well, yeah, that they... too. I mean, that's just implied for me. I would not do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and no offense that I said that, but um, or they say they want to do sci-fi, or they say they want to do everything. So um, yeah. I'm always like. I love this question and, and please just say something other than sci-fi. So thank you for not saying sci-fi. So uh, with yeah, that, I, I love that. For have... me, I think more about like uh, beyond the genre, the, the, what, what's the story that I'm interested in rather than the genre. Cause you know, sci-fi is cool. I love sci-fi. Oh, right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm yet to see the new Blade Runner. I have a health condition that permits me oh. from movies that are, that are too heavily with effects or colors. I know yeah. Roger Deakins, you have to see everything he shoots and I will eventually oh probably just win go. An Oscar for it. I, I think this is his year. It's about time. I think he has 14 nominations that he's never won. Yeah, it's so. insane he hasn't won. It's so crazy. Yeah. And, and to this day, my favorite film of his is uh, Shawshank Redemption, which was his, his yeah. first Oscar nomination. But anyways, I know we're filmmakers and we'll get way, way, way off track. Um, so we wanted to thank you for uh, stopping by. And if you thank could. Thank you. Uh, this just, great. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't want to say, oh, yeah. Well, it's because I'm such a great host. Um, uh, I am a tremendous egomaniac. I just ask nice, act nice to get people on here. So if you want to just please uh, hit, hit your uh, social media. Uh, and then we can yeah. uh, wrap up and uh, go on from there. Cool, yeah. So um, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, the film is Gold Star Film across the board, and it's Victoria Negri, uh, just my name. So, yeah, follow me. I'm really interactive on all of those things and have a lot of fun. Oh, and the okay, website so for just... the film is oh, – yeah. uh, the film's website is goldstar-film.com. Okay, and just so we know, it's running in uh, the Lemley NoHo 7 from Monday through Thursday? No, it's just one night. We're just showing Monday night at 7.30. So if you, if you miss that, you got to catch it on Amazon. But it's so much better on a big screen. Yes, I would have loved to have seen it on the big screen. And off air, down the road in a couple of weeks, I'll tell you a story that was all too ironic and completely connected to your film that actually happened to me about an hour after I watched your film. So oh, it's something God. you will enjoy. Yeah, remind me. Yeah, yeah, as a filmmaker, it was, it was one of those kind of like the universe was kind of tingling with the puppet strings. So, oh, God. again, yeah, have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, you're making it sci-fi. Okay. So thank you again. Uh, again, as always, we appreciate every guest that stops by. Every guest is invited back unless they hang up and say, why did I just do that show? Uh, and we wish you safe. <laughs> of course, the number one thing is wish you safe travels to and from Los Angeles. 
and enjoy the heck and enjoy the heck out of Monday night and congratulations on all this. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been great. And yeah, this, uh, your interview was fantastic. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And you have a wonderful day. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. And we, you know, I, I'm always just buzzed after these interviews. I don't know what it is. I, I, there's part of me that wishes I could just do like five of these a day so that I, I would always just be this jacked up on adrenaline. But again, Monday night, November 20th, Lemley NoHo 7, get over that hill, whatever. Don't gripe about the traffic, whether you have to take the 101 down or 134 or 5, whatever that is. If you live in LA, you sit in traffic anyway, so don't make excuses. Go check out this film. It's wonderful. And you're going to get the added treat of the director and other filmmakers there that are fun. Uh, like I said, other guests of the show. So we've gotten to interact with these people so I can say that they are cool and kind. And yeah, it's going to do it for me, whether it's morning, afternoon, or night. Make sure and watch a good movie. Aloha, of course, to all of you because I'm from Hawaii. But most of all, please, today, spread some peace.